Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What's up, guys? It's your boy, Dylan. I'm here to talk about, once again, betonline.ag. BetOnline remains your number one source for all your sports betting this season, everything from NFL and bowl season to esports. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at BetOnline. BetOnline features live betting, free contests, and live scores for almost any sport or game imaginable. They're the fastest and easiest way for all your betting needs for all your favorite leagues and events. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Just make sure you use our promo code BELIEVE, that is capital letters B-L-E-A-V, to receive your rewards. One more time, that is capital letters B-L-E-A-V. Bet online where the game starts. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right. And welcome in, everybody, to another edition of the Top of Thunder podcast. I'm your host, Dylan Hunsinger at Thunder Chats. We are part of the Believe Network, and this podcast is brought to you by betonline.ag. Now that that is out of the way, um, you guys know what it is. Uh, it's me, and it's my partner, Alex Roy. Alex, how are you doing, sir? I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good here, chilling in uh, Washington, D.C. on a on a uh, on a road trip myself, and uh, hopefully I'll perform better on the road than uh, than most NBA teams do. Now is that is that a work trip? Yeah, it's a work trip. I got gotcha. you. All expenses paid. Uh, yeah, sure. Yeah. Heck yeah, man. That's what's up. Yep. Take take you take you a little work pay vacation. All right, I feel it. Got me a little hotel tell. You know? <laughs> I like so. it. All right, well, uh, Alex, man, um, so tonight, like, I mean, let's get right into it. Like, this was the night that we've had circled for weeks now. Uh, the Thunder played the Miami Heat at Miami, and what was special about this game is it was broadcasted on TNT. Uh, what is it? Turner Network Television, I believe, uh, for yes, the sir. uneducated at home. So, uh, And what's important about that is it is the first time the Oklahoma City Thunder have been featured on national television since – the 2020 bubble in which the thunder lost in game seven to the Houston Rockets. So that's, that's a long time. (laughs) That's, that's that's almost three years. Like that's crazy. But I mean, that was like November of 2020. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. Because it was the bubble. My bad. I I was thinking like, I was thinking, you know, playoffs still happen like may or whatever, but that's fair. That's fair. I'm being dramatic, but um, (laughs) yeah, I mean, speaking of dramatics, like this game, was full of it uh, at the end of it all. The Heat overcame the Thunder 112 to 111, and we're going to talk all about it. We're going to talk about the good, the bad, the ugly, and the thing we like to call the single large item. So, 
single large item, Alex. Uh, I mean, I, I'll go ahead and let you start. You know, you're 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 on a work vacation. You're you're feeling good. You're relaxing. So Whoa, it's not you. work vacation. It's it's I'm, a, I'm, I'm working. <laughs> he said, "I'm not vacating." All right, I, I have not visited any sites here or anything like that. So. <laughs> All right, what which single large item then work man? Um. So I mean. Josh Giddy, man. Josh Giddy is is still affecting games. He's, you know, he had a triple double tonight. And, you know, the thing that the thing whenever the national broadcast happens, especially for a team that hasn't been on TV for, you know, two years basically, is that you want to see your stars show out. And I thought that Giddy showed his point guardness tonight on display. He did it in Madison Square Garden earlier this season in November. And then on national TV, he gives us his, I believe this is the second triple-double of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, six of his career, yep. Yeah, six of his career. Uh, what what I really liked about it, though, was the rebounds. You know, we did not have any interior presence at all. Just like every other game, we're getting killed on the defensive board. Um, and he was able to snag, I believe it was 15 rebounds himself, kind of looking, you know, yes. looking like Russell Westbrook out there. You know, and I, I, I think I heard a stat on on the broadcast that said that he was the second leading, like among guards, he was the second uh, best rebounding guard in the in the league. Um, so yeah, so I mean, just you know, just a quick hit as far as single large item. I thought he did great. I thought you know he could have done better. He did have some stupid turnovers in the game. He was kind of you know flinging some passes out there that against Miami. You know, they're Mm going to have their hands out. They're going to be, you know, aware, and they're going to know what you want to do. You know, that's one of the things about Miami is they're very prepared defensively to know what you want to do, to know your your nuances and to know, you know, your your habits. And they did that with Giddy a little bit, you know, um, caused a couple turnovers, stupid turnovers. Uh, But, I mean, regardless of that, he still had a pretty good game. Yeah, and, you know, for everything that you said offensively, like, you know, he had some timely buckets uh, there late in the game. I think uh, Shea had kicked it out to him, and, you know, he he knocked down a couple around the basket, you know, just just really showcasing his touch around the basket, so that was impressive. Um, I thought he had some really good plays on defense tonight. I know there was one play where he was able to spot the ball um, whenever Jimmy was going into the lane without fouling. Uh, there was one play where he was actually attacked mm-hmm. on a three-on-one fast break, and he was able to stop that without fouling. Did he have some help by the guy missing the layup? Absolutely, but still, he stopped it. Um, so, I mean, yeah, I mean, I mean, Giddy showed up tonight, and I think I saw a stat on the broadcast that said that he was the fourth player to – or no, he was – was it – Oh, was yeah, the fourth like player the- in general? The, the points, assists, and, re- and rebound stats. Like he was yeah, like a thousand rebound. Yeah, like a thousand re- or a thousand point seven hundred rebounds, five hundred assists. Uh, and you have the names were uh, Grant, Luca, Ben Simmons, and Grant Hill. Yeah, so man, that's it's, it's pretty good company to be around in. So, um, yeah, I mean, Giddy. Giddy was great, man. I mean, he, he was, like you said, you know, the turnovers were kind of frustrating. There were a couple whip passes with Jimmy Butler in the in vicinity. You don't want to do that. Uh, there was a lot of backdoor passes that, um, you know, I know, like, we've seen him hit them, like, routinely, like, with his back to the basket and, like, you know, just flipping it willy-nilly. But uh, some of them were off target tonight, which is a little bit uncharacteristic. 
Uh, other thing to note, he was 0-4 from three-point line, which is a far cry from what he's been doing since the beginning of December. So, uh, I mean, if just one of those would have fallen in tonight, uh, I mean, it could have been the difference. So, I, I was yeah. sad to see that. But, I mean, yeah, overall, like, phenomenal. Triple-double on national television, like, really showing up when, when we needed him the most. So, yeah. I mean, he, he, he almost really got a Russell Westbrook quadruple-double because he had six turnovers. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then, yo, you was touching on rebounds. He had 15 rebounds, uh, seven of which were on the offensive. So that yeah. was impressive from our young guard. So, um, man, I'm going to get right into it. I know I, I'm breaking my cardinal rule when it comes to single-large item, but I'm going to get right into it. And it's not necessarily just like applauding what he's done, but you know, I, I think that he's going to be a topic of conversation in this game, uh, for better or worse. But Shea Gildas Alexander, you know, he went out there and he – you know, did what he had to do, national television. 26 points on 9 of 18 shooting, 2 of 4 from deep, and 6 of 7 from the line, well within the 50, 40, 90 range. Eh, he's probably like 87, 88. I don't know. I don't know the exact math on the 6, 7. But uh, 4 rebounds, 4 assists, 3 steals. Um, he did join Giddy in the 6 turnovers. He actually had those 3 steals like very early in the second quarter. And he didn't get credited with any more steals, but late in the game, uh, he definitely contributed to some plays that ended up being steals. I, I thought he was kind of everywhere tonight um, on, on both ends of the floor. He started off slow early on, looked like he was pressing a little bit. And, you know, it kind of goes back to the whole thing that these guys are humans. They're human beings. Like Shea wants to be an all-star. You know, he wants to be recognized for, you know, what he's been doing this season. And he deserves to be, rightfully so. And you would – Wait, you're crazy if you don't think that Shade didn't know that this was a nationally televised game. He's going to have a lot of eyes on him. He wanted to go in. He wanted to show out. And honestly, the shots that he was missing in the first quarter, they were good looks. They were just in and out. He got blocked a couple times, and sure, he had some turnovers, like I said, but um, you know, turned it around. Second quarter, 15 points, just getting it done a variety of ways. The mid-range, getting to the line, getting to the rim. I mean, he, he was putting it on full display. And then in the second half, like, he just exploded, hitting step-back threes. We hadn't seen that step-back three in a little bit. Um, you know, hit a couple in a row at, like, crucial moments in the game. And then late in the game, and this is where I was talking about that I, th- I think it's going to be a topic of conversation. You know, the, uh, the Heat get the ball. They're down two. Jimmy gets it under the basket against Joe Williams, J-Dub, Santa, whatever you want to call him. Um, and you know, we'll, we'll talk about that play later, but long story short, the heat go up one with, I think like 11 seconds left in the game, like 12 seconds left in the game. Shea comes up the court and with about seven seconds on the clock, he pulls a step back three on Jimmy. It's short. We missed the rebound. There's a tie up. We get the jump ball. We don't get a shot up. It's game over. But a lot of people are, against that shot attempt by Shea. You know, Alex, me and you kind of talked about before the pod started, but I don't hate it. Like, I no. I kind of get it because, you know, like I said, the last two three-point attempts that he had in this game, he made, they were of the step-back variety. That shot that he took tonight on Jimmy Butler is verbatim, same spot, same motion, everything what he did against Nick Batum last year in the Clippers game. Like Shea hits those shots. Was it a little bit early in shot clock? Sure, but you know, like like you like you said before the before we started potting, like he didn't want the defense to have a chance to set up a wall against him. 
like they were inevitably going to do. He didn't want to have the defense to have a chance to send two, three other defenders to start swiping at the ball like they had all game long. So I don't have an issue with the, with the shot by Shea. Ultimately, this game was lost in a variety of areas. It doesn't just go on Shea's shoulders. It doesn't just go on Giddy's shoulders. Like it was a team effort and a stripes effort, but that's a different, that's a different story. <laughs> uh, yeah, man. Like I was not, again, you know, we talked, like you said, we talked about it before the, the podcast. I was not mad at the shot at all. I understood the, um, I understood the purpose, the why of when he took it, of what he took and, and when he took it. Um, there, there is a science behind that. There's a mad, you know, there's a madness behind that. Um, and that, and it's just the fact that everybody knows Shea's going to take a shot, whether it's a, a step back three, whether it's a drive into the lane. And unfortunately, if he drives into the lane against Miami, you know, their defense is like a, an amoeba, an amoebic organism that, you know, moves in, 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 in tow with each other. Um, and they're very good defensively, no matter who's on the floor. You know, it's one of the things that's drilled into Miami Heat players is, Heat defensively, culture. yeah, heat culture. You're, you're going to have to be in, in the in the right position. Your arms are always going to be out. They're always going to be, you know, uh, deflecting balls and things like that. So it was a good shot by him. It was a good shot. Maybe he didn't have, you know, quite the grip on the ball or quite the handle on the ball that he needed for that shot. Um, but I will take that shot 100 times out of 100 times from Shea at the end of a game, you know. For every one that he hits, you got to miss a couple. You know, you're going to miss one. And so, and for him, you know, lately his clutch gene has been he hits two and he misses one. Um, so I'll take that any day of the week. Yeah. You know, so, um, so yeah, man, I mean, it sucks, you know, but that shot was not why we lost the game. You know, there was mm-hmm. a calamity of errors before that throughout the entire fourth quarter um, that kind of, you know, that, that kind of prevented us from winning the game. It kind of prevented us from, you know, taking a lead building it up um, and just, you know, being down by four and five all the time, it, you know, it's just, it was just a game because of you. It was a loss because of you. And yeah. it was on full display tonight. Yeah, for sure, man. And, you know, kind of like you were saying, uh, you know, we was talking about again before the podcast, like if I was going to nitpick and say one thing that I had a problem with the shot, it was that like, I didn't think Shay had a, uh, a clean grip on the ball because if you watch the replay, he does a behind the back dribble and he starts to lose the ball a little bit. He gathers it back and then he gets into a step back and, you know, he gets the shot up, but you know, he did lose the ball. And if you think back to the wizards game, whenever he made that shot over, I guess, I think it was Monte Morris. Um, Shea makes two moves. Like he makes a move, you know, towards the basket and a crossover. He backs up, makes another move and then takes a shot. Like you have plenty of time to make another move to get to your counter to try to get the ball back in your hands, or, you know, cleanly in your hands to try to get back in a more rhythmic of a shot. Um, that that will be my only like um, I, I guess nitpick in that situation. But yeah, uh, other than the shot, like I, I think it was fine. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, what's uh, Alex? I mean, let's go back to you, man. What what's uh, what's another single large item for you in this game? I totally thought that Aaron Wiggins should have played more in this game. Um, Miami was very perimeter oriented. Um, they have big wings that can shoot uh, three pointers. And I thought, you know, I thought Max Struess 
was he was killing the He's you know a thunder, the thunder killer, the man. Well, yeah, but in the, in the first half, the reason why they were constantly up by like nine, eight, nine, ten points was because of Max Truth. Second yeah. half, Max kind of you know he cooled off a little bit, um, but the first half, the reason why is because of that. And I thought if you would have had, you know, you had Lou out there, you had, you know, you had Kenrich out there, but Kenrich was more playing like five, small ball five for a lot of the game. Um, but you could have had Aaron Wiggins out there. And I thought Aaron Wiggins, he did pretty good on the offense. He only played 12 minutes. Um, and so he did pretty good on the offensive end. He had six points, three of five shooting, oh, two from three. Um, he should have gotten more minutes. I, I think. I think defensively he would have helped out. I think offensively he would have just kept the same rhythm going that we were going. I mean, I know they put in Lindy Waters for for some time. I know they put in Isaiah Joe, um, but I just felt like he should have played a little bit more. Trey Mann, for some reason, only got seven seven minutes. Um, I didn't really see his first half minutes. I saw his fourth quarter minutes. Was that a defensive thing? Was that was that uh, the, you know that that Miami was too big on the wing? I'm I'm not entirely sure because I, I was kind of uh, in and out of moving Nova to his room at that point, but I did see that um, after a timeout, like late in the first quarter, Mark put out the lineup, which we still don't have a nickname for, um, with Trey Mann, Mike Muscala, Wendy Waters, Isaiah Joe, and Parabolas. <laughs> yeah, um, and, it, and it is Parabolas. I, I looked it up. All right, there we go. We fact checked it. Um, <laughs> But, yeah, I, I think it was just for the end of that quarter. And then, you know, they pulled the normal rotation for the start of the second quarter. So, I don't know, man. You know, it could could be a Skittles-Broccoli thing. Trey Mann wasn't, you know, playing the defense he needed to do, making the right decisions with the basketball like he needed to do. And Dagnall just didn't like what he saw. Like, this isn't your night. We're taking you out. And then, you know, uh, they, they put him back in the third quarter. And – and I, I don't know. It's, it's a roller coaster with Trey Mann, dude. Like, I mean, there's some nights he's closing, and there's some nights where, like tonight, he plays seven, eight minutes. Um, I mean, he looked good <laughs> in the in the yeah. minutes he got in the fourth quarter. Like, I, I mean, Trey Mann still like with his uh, spotty rotational minutes, still one of the league's best at creating space for a jumper. Oh yeah, definitely, man. Like, like if he gets, you know, if, if he has confidence. He he can you know he can he can score eight points in in six minutes easily mm-hmm. every time he's in there. Um, but yeah, man, I, just, I I thought it was just so it's a it was a weird night for rotations tonight. Like I thought Eugene probably should not have been there today. Um, started you know, Eugene, his, huh? Started Eugene. Yeah, I know he started him, and then he played him a little bit in the fourth quarter. Um, but he was just very ineffective. I think Eugene. Like, Eugene is not very effective in small ball lineups, like when the other team goes small ball also. Um, and so I think Miami countered that, and he just was not very effective. And then again, you put him out there with a big, and the big is always grabbing, you know, the defensive rebounds, offensive rebounds, things like that. Um, he's just, you know, he's he's a two-way player, and he's probably going to be a two-way player for his time here in Oklahoma. Um but, yeah, I, I thought the rotations could have been a little bit more crisper. You know, you could have added another wing out there. You have Aaron Wiggins. You could have added him out there, and they didn't. So, Yeah, I mean, Eugene, like, I mean, like you said, Eugene's a two-way player, and I think when his two-way contract is up, 
I don't foresee it becoming a full-time NBA contract. So, uh, you know, it's, it's a weird choice in games that, you know, ultimately you're trying to win that you're throwing Eugene out there to start the game, Uh, marching him out for tip-offs, which I mean, I don't know, man. Like it's games like this where you see Baisley with the DNP that you're just like, he gone, dude. Like there's 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 no ifs, ands, or buts about it. He's gone. So like I think January fifteenth is the next next like big day where some other contracts become available to be traded. Mm-hmm. Man, I don't think he makes it to February ninth. Like I don't think he makes it to February on this team. I think he's traded before January's over with. Yeah, I mean if you if you can't get minutes in this game. I don't know when you get minutes, dude. So, um, well, hell, I think you can't get minutes over the past two weeks. Yeah. Like it's just the minutes because, I mean, we don't have a big at all. Nah. We're playing Eugene. We're playing Moose. And I think Moose is starting to get worn down, dude. Like, we're, yeah. We're playing him a lot. And, yeah, I don't know. It's sad. He did get a block tonight, though. He got a nice block on, uh, I think it was Old Depot. So, shout out Moose. I mean, I, I would much rather have a, a – if you're gonna do if you're gonna do small ball, I'd rather have a front court of Kenrich and Santa. Yeah, and that's that's kind of what they did down the stretch, um, closing yeah. out. And let's move on to Santa for my single large item. Um, you know, his his stat sheet isn't super loud. He had twelve points, five assists, two steals, a block. Uh he's five nine from the field, one or two from three, one or two from the stripe. But he had a lot of memorable plays in this game. You know, he he had a nice dunk off some cuts. Uh, he had uh, he had the three pointer in the corner, uh, and one play in particular, he uh, runs a DHL with Kenrich, and he you know mm-hmm. cuts to the basket, like round cuts to the basket, and Kenrich throws a lob, and might be the worst lob I've ever seen in my life, <laughs> like top ten worst lob I've ever seen in my life. Kendrick Williams rises up one hand, <laughs> grabs the lob, and before his feet hits the ground, flings it to Dort in the corner for a three-pointer. And yeah, I mean, and the the broadcast team was raving about OKC the whole night, but on that play, like they had to watch it like three or four times the next dead ball. Like Stan Van Gundy, <laughs> Grant Hill, like they they couldn't believe what they just saw out of that. So, I mean, that that was awesome. I think a couple possessions before that. Uh, Josh Getty threw him a pass, uh, you know, one of those cross-court skip pass. He threw it way over his head. And oh, Kenrich, yeah, and he Kenrich reached up like he's freaking Odell it's Beckham not Kenrich, Jr. Man. It's, J- it's J-Dub. It's not Kenrich. Yeah, yeah, J-Dub. My bad. Uh, <laughs> Santa, sorry. Um, you know, he's reaching up like he's freaking Odell Beckham Jr. and catching the ball. Like, Yeah, I thought he, he was making his plays tonight. And, you know, even, you know, late, late in the game, like in the clutch, like, you know, I, I talked about Shea uh, helped out with a steal. I think they credited um, J-Dub, Santa, whatever, with the steal. And, um, you know, he had that. He had a bucket in the clutch. He had a really clutch rebound. I think a put back in the clutch. Like, he was doing some things in the clutch. But, you know, like we've done with everybody tonight, he also had some fumbles in the clutch. And the one big one is coming down the court late in the game up to – Obviously, Kenrich misses both of the both of those free throws. Oh, yeah. Why Kenrich is taking that shot, I don't know, but you know, whatever. Uh, makes one free throw, and you no, know, he does not. 
No, I'm saying if he makes one free throw, oh, yeah. then you know, it's a different I, play. yeah, at least you know you have like a tie. Uh, you you have a play for a tie, but no, misses both free throws. The Heat get down the court in a hurry. Credit to Jalen Williams; he got back quick to contest Jimmy Butler. Jimmy gives him the head fake. He goes for it. Jimmy puts it up, finishes it, makes the free throw, which is back breaking in and of itself because a it puts them up one with like twelve seconds to play, but b it is the fortieth of forty free throws. An NBA record of of free throws, consecutive free throws made in an NBA game on that shot. And I, I think Rob Perez actually tweeted after the game. He's like, you know, I don't want to be a Monday morning quarterback or anything like that. But 10 out of 10 times, like we've seen Jimmy Butler in this situation numerous times. 10 out of 10 times, Jimmy Butler's getting in that head fake, trying to get your mm-hmm. defender in the air, trying to draw a foul and get the bucket. And you know, and you know, you talked about how this loss was on youth. I'm not putting this solely on Jalen Williams because our vets made some dumb plays as well, as we mentioned, Kendrick Williams. Um, but you know, this is an example of you know youth showing out on national television uh, in a clutch moment. So, I do think brighter days are ahead for Jalen Williams. I don't think this is an indictment on him as an NBA player, but no. you know, this is a learning experience. So, yes. Yeah, this was a learning experience for the whole for the whole team. Like, mm-hmm. number one, they're humans. This was their first game on national TV, you know, and so I'm pretty sure there were some nerves. I'm pretty sure they were playing a little bit faster than they probably should have been playing, you know, and so a lot of those, you know, a veteran like Jimmy Butler is going to take advantage of that. He knows that they're going to be out there playing nervous, playing fast, you know, and, you know, those those pump fakes, everything like that. They're intentional and and they and he knows that what he's playing. He's playing a bunch of young players. They're gonna bite on the on the fakes. They're gonna get and ones. They're gonna get fouls. And so you know, in the first half, what was he like? Fourteen of fourteen in the first half. Something like that. That was ridiculous, man. But he knew what he was doing. Like he knew what he was doing. And Jimmy Butler is not. Jimmy Butler is a very cerebral, very smart player. Mm-hmm. He is not. He is not your greatest skilled player. He is not. You know, the best athlete out there. But basketball IQ wise, that guy knows what he's doing, and um, he knew what he was doing tonight. And unfortunately, we were on the wrong end of it. So I just want to look at the stats for a little bit because his scoring is just funny. Like he had thirty five points on six shots. Exactly. <laughs> he hit, hit twenty three free throws, and like talk about talk about efficiency. Yeah, I mean, and that's funny, but like, dude was literally everywhere because he had seven rebounds four assists, four steals, and three blocks on top of all that. Like He was the heart and soul of that team, and you know, he, he really put it all out there for that win. I mean, uh, he almost messed around and got a five-by-five. Five. Yeah, and you know, I, I do have to say, you know, as I said to you before we started recording, I'm not one to complain about the refs. I think there's a lot of factors into wins and losses in a basketball game. Um all I'm asking for is that if you're going to call a game one way on one side, call it that way on the other side, because mm-hmm. Shea was getting roughed up more than Jimmy was and was not getting to the line as much as Jimmy was. You know, in retrospect, Shea shot seven free throws to Jimmy Butler's 23. Jimmy Butler yeah. shot three times as many free throws as Shea Gildas Alexander, the best driver in the league, one of the leaders in free throw attempts. 
like Jimmy, Jimmy's up there too. Like he's one of the lead leaguers in three pro attempts as well, but there shouldn't be that big of a disparity. I mean, hell you get, you get SGA to his average and we win this game by two or three. Yeah. You know, that's, that's the game right there. That's the ball game right there. Yep. Absolutely, man. Had to do it. Sorry. Um, I'll see your last, uh, last thing, man. Um, you know, I, I've been kind of doing good and bad on everybody, so I'm, I'm going to do good and bad here. Uh, Lou against Dort. Um, <laughs> yeah, he uh, he kind of looked out of source defensively. I'm not going to lie. Uh, you know, we didn't really see the lockdown performance that we're used to seeing Lou Dort, especially in national television. Um, Jimmy kind of had his way with him. Victor Oladipo kind of had his way with him. Uh, I think I saw Gabe Vincent blow by him once. No, that's Shay. Mm-hmm. I apologize. Um but yeah, I mean, offensively, hit 11 points, 4 13 shooting, 1 of 6 from deep, 2 of 4 from the stripe. Like, just did not have it at all on offense. Yeah. Didn't really seem to have it on defense. But if I'm going to point out to a positive, and I, I will, um, Dude was boarding his butt off. Like, he had eight rebounds. Like, it's not like anything super loud, but for a guard, um, an undersized guard at that in Ludor, like, it's impressive. And he had four on the offensive end. And at least three of those four were like some of the most contested rebounds in the entire game. And we do yeah, just finds just, a way to grab just them. Jumps, he just jumps into the trees and just taps it to somebody. He just he just goes up with one hand. And he's like, I am bringing this ball down. This ball yeah. is mine. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's all the good I had for Lucio. <laughs> uh, yeah, sure. I mean, it's just like, on a, you know, it's just like on a, in a, on an NBA team, regardless of who is hurt, if you play an NBA game, somebody's going to score 20 points. You know what I'm saying? Like, regardless of whether mm-hmm. they're superstars or whether they're the third rated point guard, somebody has to score the points. Somebody's going to score 20 points. So, like, with, with Lou grabbing eight rebounds, somebody has to grab the rebound. Like, <laughs> they're going to go to somebody. Um, how much did I, I, I care I, not about your rebound? I, I I really don't. Like this was a bad game by Lou. This was a bad game by Lou. Um, mm-hmm. you know, we love Lou and there are games where Lou Lou's strengths are put on full display. Mm-hmm. I thought that this game, you know, I thought that he was way too aggressive defensively. Again, Jimmy Butler should take advantage of that. Um, and I thought again with that a- aggressivity guys were able to get past him. Like, Oladipo was able to get past him all the time. Jimmy Butler was able to get past him, get to that second level of the defense. Um, and so this was just not a very good game by him. It was, it was, And it wasn't a very smart game by him. Uh, there were shots that he needed to take, and he there was a lot of shots that he did not need to take. Um, so, yeah, we, li- we live with it. You know, we love Lou, but yeah. this is not, you know, this was not a good game by him. Yeah, I mean, it was just, at the end of the day, like, it was just a bat-breaking loss. You know, the fact that it was on national television, the fact that, you know, everything that went down the clutch and in the, you know, duration of the game, and the fact that prior to the game, we were two games within the sixth seed in the Western Conference, like yeah. two games back of the sixth seed in Western Conference. I'm not saying we're going to make the playoffs or anything like that, but, like, that's how tight things are in the West right now. So, like, it's an arms race. Now, with it being that tight, sure, we can bounce back and, you know, still recover and get back in that play-in. But tonight, 
you know, with everything that's happened, kind of feels like a missed opportunity. Yeah, I mean, I, I get that, but I also think that, you know, the 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 sun. I mean, the the, the thunder. They showed themselves on, on national TV. Like they did not disappoint. Mm-hmm. You know, they didn't. They didn't go in there and lose by 23, 24 points. You know, to a team that's missing most of their starters. No, they went out there and they battled. You know, should they have won that game? There's a possibility that yeah, they should have won that game. Um, but they were in it. They were in it throughout the entire game, uh, and that's what you want to see with a young team. You know, that's what you that's, that's what you want to see with a with a young up and coming team. You want their they're good to great players to perform, which they did. Um, and then you want to see a close game. You want them to battle back. You want them. And so I thought that they, you know, they, they did themselves proud today. Um, and hopefully, you know, that secures it, it. I mean, regardless of that, who we have coming in, it should secure us at least two national, you know, national TV games next year. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if we get flexed into another game this year. Yeah, hey, I'd, I'd be down with it, but um, I, I would be remiss if I didn't uh, if I didn't recognize Mark Dagnall in this in this uh, segment here because uh, TNT had the whole audio assist thing in which they kind of oh. dive into the huddle, and uh, it, it was late yeah. in the game. He was like, "Guys, could." <laughs> Is it possible to show a little bit of poise here? Like we're just driving into the wall over and over again, expecting the same results. I was like, "That's awesome." Because you know, it's so funny. It's so funny when you hear, when you when you hear him coach, because mm-hmm. it literally sounds like he's coaching a young team. Like it sounds like he's coaching a bunch of freshmen out there, which honestly he basically is. Yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, it's it's funny because you know you hear Coach D talk. And it's a lot of coach speak, like, you know, a lot of the, you know, normal things you would hear from a coach, not really showing a lot of, uh, you know, emotion or anything like that. And, you know, we haven't got to dive into the huddle because we haven't had national televised games yeah. since he's been a coach. And so it was kind of cool peeking behind the curtain and, you know, uh, you know, looking into what it's like in a coach D huddle. And, you know, obviously you see some aggression towards the refs every now and then, but, uh, you know, it, it was just, it was just cool, you know, diving into, Coach D soul for a little bit, so and a little, a little cherry on top of this game, we got a, uh, a massager thrown onto the court, which is kind of fun. <laughs> yeah, that was wild, man. It <laughs> <laughs> was like th- they were just very specific about saying it's a Theragun. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like one of those things where like um, you know there's so many of them, but they just call them by the brand name, like Band Aid, like. Mm. Band-Aid is a brand. It's not, you know, what you put on your you know, body when you have a cut. Like Kleenex. Kleenex is a brand. Yeah, yeah. And nah, I'm blanking on another one, but you guys know what I mean. So, <laughs> um, All right, Alex. Uh, before we uh, close out this podcast, you know, it's about midway through the college season. Uh, we're not going to talk about the Kentucky Wildcats because just dark times. Are they, are they sucking again? Oh yes, we we. Oh, God. I um, I had uh, I had messaged with Chris Fullerton and Sub like after the tournament. Uh-huh. Um, you know they was talking trash after the whole St. Peter's thing. I was like, I promise, like if we get first rounded again, like you guys can change my name, my app, my Avi, my header for like two weeks straight. And um, Chris found the tweet and he he messaged me the other day. It was like. Uh, just checking in as we enter conference play. 
I said, well, you can't get first rounded if you get in the NIT. <laughs> so you can, but you know, that's not, that wasn't the spirit of the agreement. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's rough. Wow. So, yeah. Dark times. I'm, I'm just waiting for next year. Like I, I knew this year was going to be shaky. Like, you know, I still love Kaysen. I thought, you know, I think, and I thought that he would be awesome. Um, but I mean, just all the other guys that we've returned, like just, just not stepping up. Sheboy's mm-hmm. a shell of himself from last year, which Ooh, sucks. Good. Yeah, just sucks with him being national player of the year last year. So, um, yeah, next year we're supposed to have, like, one of the greatest recruiting classes ever. So, whether Cal's around to see it come to fruition, I don't know. But, you know, we'll see. Did y'all say that whenever you had the Boston, BJ Boston class come in? Uh, no, we we said it with the John Wall class. We said it with the Carl Anthony Towns class. I don't think we said it with BJ Boston because that was BJ Boston, Terrence Clark. I think those might have been the only freshmen we brought in that year. I so remember. let me ask you this, and I, I don't want to turn this into a topic Kentucky, um, <laughs> but do you topic think <laughs> do you think that like the G League Ignite and Overtime Elite? Do you think those programs have affected Kentucky the most as opposed to the other programs, like the Blue Blood programs? Not really. Um, okay. uh, not not at this juncture anyways. I mean, you know, like I said, I mean, if, if you look at, like, the next year's class, like, we have four top ten players coming in. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's there are, like, you know, some guys that go to Overtime Elite, go to G League at night, um, you know, and, and even, you know, go to the NBL, like – yeah. RJ Hampton and Lamelo Ball did and whatnot, but those are still outliers. Like a lot of the top players, a lot of the top domestic players are still going through the college circuit. Yeah, we, we see that. We see that. There's a lot of really, really good freshmen out there. We're going to see a lot of them in the draft here in June. Um, I, I was just wondering whether you thought Kentucky was probably that one school that got messed up by this, you know, by these other options that are available to these high school kids now. Yeah. I mean, you know, it, it it's another, it's another competitor in the recruiting um, competition, obviously, but yeah, I mean, at, at the end of the day, like say what you want about Cal as a coach, like he definitely has his efficient inefficiencies, but the dude's one of the best recruiters like of all time. And yeah. if he wants a guy and like he fully zeroes in on that guy, chances are he's probably going to get him. So, True. but uh, yeah, I mean, uh, transitioning from topic of Wildcats, uh, be sure to follow <laughs> us at topic underscore Wildcats. I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, I mean, dude, the draft's coming up. I'm uh, not coming up. Um, we're midway through. You know, the draft is happening at the end of the season. We still don't know where we're going to be. I'm kind of banking on us being around the 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 range, uh, mm-hmm. as opposed to, you know, like top five this year. Although, if the Clippers continue this slide, I think they're on a six-game losing streak, maybe seven games. I can't remember. If they continue that slide, you know, maybe that pick swap will come in handy. <laughs> Clippers are weird, man. Like, the Clippers got it, – it, it's either they're having some sort of, like, inner tor- turmoil or – they got old quick, and I'm not. I'm not. I'm not, I'm not just talking about Ka- Kawhi Leonard and PG. Like, that's the problem with a veteran team is that not only do your superstars start to age, your veteran. Play, I mean, your um, 
your role players start to age also. And that, mm-hmm. I think that's what we're seeing with, with the Clippers. Because, oof, they're not looking good. Oh, yeah, man. I mean, it's uh... – I mean, it's obviously like Russian roulette with, you know, who they're going to have on a night-to-night basis. Yeah. And, you know, as as we've said before, like, we're not wishing any ill will on anybody, but, like, historically, no. Kawhi Leonard, uh, Paul George, even John Wall, like, top to bottom, so many players on the that roster has, like, an extensive injury history. And it's not without out of the question to think that those guys won't be healthy, you know, going into the playoffs, going to a stretch mm-hmm. run, trying to get to the playoffs. Like it's not without question. So that pick swap could could pay a lot of dividends. Yeah. Anyways, you know, I'm saying that you know we're gonna kind of be in that like late lottery range. Uh, I'm speaking that into existence. I'm trying to manifest that uh, right now. So. Um, you know, obviously Victor and Scoot, they're the prize. Uh, Brandon Miller, who I got to witness firsthand this weekend. I mean, he's the truth, but I don't think he's going to be in our range. Uh, I'm in Thompson again. Don't think he's going to be in our range. Mm-hmm. So, Alex, if I was going to ask you somebody like out of the top five that, and you know, you can give a couple, you can, give, I, I have three. Um, so you can give as many as you want. We can go back and forth on this, however you want to do it. But if I was going to ask to give you, or, ask you to give a couple players out of the top five that you think would be awesome for the Thunder that you want for the Thunder, who would it be? Um, so I guess, so here's the thing. So if we're, if we're drafting, if we're drafting top seven, this guy probably, I wouldn't even mess with him, but if we're eight, nine, 10, some, somewhere in that range, uh, a guy like Grady Dick. Yes. I think He's one of mine. So, yeah, he, he'd be somebody that, in this system, I think he would do wonders. You know, especially if his shot making, his you know outside shot making is can translate to the NBA. I, I think that would be amazing. He's big. He's six foot, what six foot eight, six foot seven, six foot eight, something six like that. Six foot eight. Yeah, he may have you know he may have alligator arms like like most big white guys from Kansas do, um, but. You know, we don't we don't really care about that too much if you're shooting forty four percent from three and giving Shay and, and Giddy uh an outlet to uh to help their their driving into the lane. So I think he would be somebody that in that range, past seven, I think he would be good a good get. Oh yeah. I'm right there with you on Grady Dick. He's one of my guys. Uh I mean, <laughs> just just the shooting that he gives you, like, you know, not just uh the standstill shooting way. He's a legit movement shooter. He's a guy that can get it done off the dribble. Um, I I don't remember who it was. There was one of the draft guys, but he he took um, like the highlights from one of his games, and it, it was basically he had 18 points, and he was like 18 points, like eight dribbles, and like you know you could see all the points and stuff, and. Obviously, like, I'm not anointing this guy. Like, this is his player comparison. But, like, when you hear stuff like that, it makes you think about Clay Thompson, a guy that can get points in bunches off the three-pointers without dribbling the ball. Like, you know, just putting up shots, like shots being created for him. Um, You know, obviously, like I said, he can get his buckets in a variety of ways at the three-point line. But 
to say that he's just a three point shooter is putting him in a box that isn't true. Like he's a guy that can get into the lane. He can attack closeouts. Um, there was a lot to be said about his defense. People didn't really buy his defense, but I think I saw, I think I heard uh, the No Simmons guys talking about shout out Rucker and Metcalf on the No Simmons podcast. I think they was talking about a couple weeks ago. He had a game with five steals. So, I mean, he's not a sieve on defense. Like he's a guy that's going to go out there, put effort and, you know, try to wreak a little bit of havoc. So, um, yeah, I, I would love Grady Dick on this team. Yes. Yeah, he's not he's not a he's not Smith Jr. Um, what's his name uh, in Houston? Uh, Jarris Walker. No, 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 no. In, in the Houston Rockets, Smith Jr. Oh, Jabari Smith. Name? Jabari, yeah, he's not Jabari Smith Jr. You know, he's not just out there shooting mid-range jumpers and shooting threes, and that's it. Like he, he's able to dribble, he's able to play make a little bit. Um, I think if he had probably better teammates in Kansas, he'd probably show a little bit more of that playmaking ability. Um, and if he ends up in Oklahoma City, you, you know, you're literally out there with a bunch of people that, that can make shots. And so um, I, I think he would be a great get for the team if they're in that eight-plus range. Yep, for sure. Um, another guy that I've got to add on to, and again, shout-out to my no ceilings guys. Uh, I think Metcalf was the guy that put put me onto this guy first. Uh, Jairus Walker out of Houston, the aforementioned, the guy that, I was kind of upset that you may maybe spoil my name here, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, whenever we had the no ceilings guys on uh, before the season to kind of talk about like a preseason like draft preview, um, I asked, you know, if you could handpick any player in this draft that's you know not Victor Wimbanyama or Scoot Henderson to go on this Thunder team, who would it be? And I think Rutgers said Cam Whitmore for obvious reasons, and Whitmore would be awesome. But you know, again, I don't think he's going to be in this range. Um, Metcalf said Jairus Walker, and this was before a lot of the hype, a lot of the development that we see now, Jairus Walker. You know, Metcalf was going with Walker because of his physicality, his defense, and his IQ on the offensive side of the ball, and, you know, just his hustle and his motor. All things that would be great. Like, he loves his fit next to Chet Holmgren. But now we get into conference play. You know, we get into, you know, what he's doing in this season. He's taking dudes off the dribble. He's finishing with both hands around the lane. Like, yeah. he's dunking on dudes. He's showing touch around the basket. He's hitting threes. Like, he's showcasing a full package um, offensively. And, you know, that's that's not taking anything away from what he's doing on the defensive end. So, I'm starting to uh, fall in love with the idea of Jairus Walker paired next to Chet Holmgren. It's like JRE on steroids. I mean, so I honestly can't speak too much about Jarrett Walker because I have not seen him mm-hmm. play too much. I've just seen a little bit of what our boys at No Ceilings have put out. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it, it, I, I believe you. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it, just, it, it does sound like it would be a good compliment. <laughs> it does sound like it would be a good compliment to, uh, to Chet. Yes, sir. And uh, the last guy I got, um, unless you – do you have another one you want to add? So I got a guy that I, I don't necessarily think that he is a Thunder player, um, but the man the man can score. The man finds many different ways to score, and it's Gigi Jackson. Ah, okay. It's Gigi Jackson, man. Like, I, like I, I've seen a little bit of, of – and again, I've seen a little bit of his highlights real i haven't really seen a a full game with him to 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 really look at the highs and the low of this of of him 
But mm-hmm. from my from what I do hear about his lows is that you know he's he's not a playmaker. He's almost like he almost has like a a black hole mentality where he gets it and he shoots it. And he probably has a high um, a high basketball usage. Um, he's playing on he's playing in South Carolina, so I don't think there's necessarily too much talent around him. So it could be a Jabari Smith type situation. Um, but yeah, man, I mean somebody who can make make shots from from three from mid range, a big body. You know, he kind of reminds me a little bit of um, uh, what's his name in uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. Mm. Uh, just a little bit small, just a little bit smaller, uh, but he had long arms. So I don't know, man. I mean, somebody and he's kind of he's kind of tabbed to be in the twenties, you know, late teens, early twenties. So it may it, you know it may not make sense for us to pick him in that eight to twelve range, um, but you know, if we happen to grab another first round pick for whatever reason, it might be something that I, you know, somebody that I would like to see on the Thunder. Yeah, honestly, it depends who you ask. I mean, there's there's a lot of people I know has Gigi Jackson very high. I think no ceilings even has seen them. that too. Yeah, yeah, I'm like the lottery range. So, um, yeah, I mean, I admittedly haven't checked out Gigi Jackson as much. Actually, hold on, hold on. The Thunder played South Carolina tonight. Let me, I mean, not the Thunder. The Wildcats played. (laughs) The Wildcats played South Carolina tonight. So let me see what he did against us really fast. Because famously, this happened during our game. Uh, Okay, so he had 16 points, three rebounds and assists, six of 10 shooting, two of two from the three-point line, two of three from the stripe. So sounds like he did all right. And, uh, you know, important to note with Gigi Jackson, this guy is a legitimate 18 years old. Like, he will be the youngest player in this draft, I believe. So, uh, you know, a lot of room to grow. Um, You know, kind of reminds me of Josh Primo coming into the draft a couple years ago. You know, just he has some tools. He he keeps his junk in his pants. (laughs) Yeah. He has some tools (laughs) um, that, you know, you could uh, you can kind of buy in on. But he also just has the youth and the potential that, you know, you want to take a shot on. So I, I could definitely see a team, you know, uh, kind of jumping in there, just trying to see like Toronto, like I could see Toronto going in there and try to get uh Gigi Jackson and just mm-hmm. bank on their development and it'll probably work out. So. Um, so who was the guy that you had? The last guy I have is a Thompson twin. But Are not sure? the one you think. <laughs> Shout out Madison from She Hulk. Um, no, Oswald Thompson um, is is my guy. So like, obviously, like I would be thrilled with having Amin Thompson as well. Uh, I think who, who was it? I heard. Um, basically, they said that Amin Thompson is going to enter the NBA and be a top five athlete explosively, um, and you know. It's not a slight at Oswar because Oswar Thompson is going to enter the league and be a top 20 athlete. So, you know, he's he's still a super athletic guy. Um, obviously, like, the measurables are all there. Just like with Amin Thompson, uh, he – well, it just it just dropped out on me. So, he's six foot seven. You know, he's listed as a shooting guard on this site that I'm looking at at Overtime Elite. But, you know, he plays a true wing, <coughs> wing position. Sorry. Between the two Thompson twins, I think that he showcases the most um, upside and potential to have a consistent jump shot. Uh, he has the highest percentage of the two. I think it's like 31%. Like, it's nothing crazy, but, you know, if you look at it, it's not broken. And, again, 
Guess who we have on the roster working miracles already? Certain Chip England. So, you know, if you bring in a guy like that and just defensively, like this dude, when he wants to, just puts dudes in freaking jail. Like, I'm talking on ball, off ball, like his IQ is off the charts. He's blocking shots. He's wreaking havoc in the passing lanes. Like, he's the real deal. I, I think. Like I said, he's six seven. I think he has like a six eleven wingspan. Like it's nothing crazy. Like it's it's not like Chet Holmgren or Usman Jang when it comes to like height to wingspan or Jalen Williams uh, when it yeah. comes to height to wingspan. But you know, this is a guy that kind of fits the mold of the old school Thunder, but also new school Thunder. Like he kind of fits that threshold like Usman Jang did. I talked about a lot during the draft, you know, last year, where he fits the old school mentality and the new school mentality because. You know, he has the tangibles. He has the high IQ. Um, he can make quick decisions with the basketball. Uh, I think Kevin O'Connor was talking about on the mismatch uh, with Chris Vernon that, you know, Amin gets billed as, you know, the creator because that's that's what he that's what they've done since he was younger. Like, Amin's been the guy that had the ball in his hands and Oster played off of him. But to say Oster doesn't have the ability to make quick decisions, doesn't have the ability to play make, it's just wrong, incorrect, and you're not paying attention. So, um, I, especially if like we fall later on and like, you know, um, and, and he's there like in the eight, nine to 10 range, I, I, I could absolutely see us taking a shot on him. And also, you know, speaking about that same conversation between KOC and Chris Vernon, um, Chris Vernon actually got a chance to meet the Thompson twins, um, before they went to OTE. And he said, like, you couldn't, you know, you, you couldn't uh, meet better people, like more higher character guys, like yes or no, sir, like super respectable, Superman. Like mm-hmm. those are the kind of things that like pay dividends specifically with the thunder, the thunder when it comes like yeah. the interviews and stuff. So I could absolutely see Oscar Thompson being in a thunder jersey at the end of the draft. You got me sold. There we go. There we go. Yes. I mean, those, those are a few names that we like, you know, at this point in time, you know, this is just, this is our just amateur, like, you know, kind of looking like seeing some highlight videos to kind of, you know, mesh with them. You know, we'll definitely have all our no seamless guys and maybe even a few other guys uh, after the season, you know, diving into draft wherever we may be. Um, but yeah, you know, those, those are just some guys that we think will fit some of the needs that we have. So uh, yeah, Alex, that being said, man, um, Give me a share. Hey, we haven't done it in a while. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> well, no. So I, I was just going to bring up. So we are we are at the halfway point. We are eighteen and twenty three, forty one games. First forty one games of the season. Okay. So so, what are your thoughts? What are your thoughts about the first half of the season? Um. Well, I mean, not not to steal from down to dump, but you know, I was listening to him the other day and that they kind of broke it down like this. We was really good on defense one month. We was really good on offense the other month. We had a really bad month. And now, you know, we're kind of – I think we're like middle of the pat net rating in this month so far. Um, so, you know, you're, you're starting to see – like you've seen the bones of what a good team could be. You've seen, you know, the tip-top of what they could do offensively, the tip-top of what they do defensively. You've seen the worst, and you've seen, you know, kind of I think what they are. And I think what we've seen – you know, in this month of January, the latter part of December, I think is kind of what this team is without Chet Holmgren and, you know, uh, in a lesser form without Jeremiah Robinson, Earl, Usman Jang, you know, 
Poku without any big. I, I think yeah. you're seeing what this team is. Um, I think a big raises the floor for this team a little bit, raises the ceiling, obviously. And, you know, whether it's just getting your guys back from injury or whether it's making a small tertiary short-term move with, you know, long-term potential later on, I don't know. Um, but I, I'm very pleased, like, with, you know, what I've seen out of the team. The results, like, I would love to, you know, see a couple of games go our way, but I can count on two hands how many games were decided by – less than four points mm-hmm. like i mean we, we're in pretty much every game we play whether we win or lose that game you know is a different story but yeah i i like what i've seen out of the team as a whole what about you yeah man like you know we are we're on pace to win 36 games i, I don't think we reach 36 but we're on pace to reach 36 um and so i think this team is you know you want to see marked improvement every season in a rebuild and so mm-hmm. we're this is the third year of a rebuild and i can definitely see like you said you can see the bones of the house you know you you, you can't really see the you can't really see the the brick and mortar yet you can't see a ton of bricks don't worry no, no i mean don't get me wrong <laughs> but you know you can't see the brick and mortar you can't see the you know we we don't have you know we don't have the the sofas in the house. We don't have the fixtures in the house. We don't have all that in there yet. We have the bones of it. Um, and so you're seeing something that is forming and it is moving in the right direction. And so I cannot ask for anything else when it comes to this team. And again, I, I almost think that we are a little bit behind schedule because we don't have Chet. You know, mm-hmm. I think if we would have had Chet, I, I do think that those 18 wins are probably 20 wins. You know, they, they could possibly be twenty one. Um, so, so yeah, man, I'm, I'm I'm very happy with the direction this team is going is going. I'm very happy with the direction um, of Mark Dagnall. Like he yeah. is, I believe, a very good coach. He's a very good coach. He's a very um, patient coach, uh, but he's hard on the team. Like he 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 doesn't treat them. He's not a player's coach. He's a player's coach as far as a good person, and he listens to them but he's also not just going to go ahead and be like, you know, let them run over him. So, yeah, for sure. And just to add on to what you were saying about, you know, with Chet, maybe a couple of those wins become, uh, maybe it becomes 20 wins instead of 18 wins, maybe even more. Yeah. True that. Because, you know, a lot of those wins or losses were just because we didn't have a big man, whether it was, you know, a presence inside on the defensive end or a guy that could clean up misses and get rebounds on the offensive end. So yeah, who knows, man? I mean, that's, that's what's important about next year because, you know, we could talk to we're blue in the face about the draft next year, but we're also getting Chet Holmgren. Uh, So, you know, that's, that can't be overstated. Um, So Alex, let's close it out, man. We haven't done this in a while. Shay or nay uh, for the, I guess, the past two months or whatever, you know, whatever you want to talk about, share your name, man. Floor is yours. Um, hmm. So this past weekend went to a, a volleyball tournament with my 13 year old yep. um, daughter. And, you know, the team reminded me of the thunder. So kind of to set the scenario up. So my oldest daughter, she had, you know, she was on the same team last year and, 
you know, they had been together for about three or four seasons. And so mm-hmm. you saw the you saw the the gradual climb of that team. And they came out of their final tournament last year and they they got second place. They had never placed in that tournament. They had never placed in regionals at all before. And they placed second place, you know, in that tournament. But then that's the end of that run. And so my 13-year-old, she's kind of coming on to the same team, but they are they're on a 16s team, but she's 13. There's another 13-year-old on there. You know, there's like three or four 13-year-olds. There's a couple 14-year-olds. There's one 16-year-old. So it's a very young team playing in a, six, a U16 league. Mm-hmm. Um, and they didn't win any games. You know, they lost all five of their matches. But as the tournament went on, they got better and better and better. And by the end of, you know, by the last game of the tournament, they had, you know, they were scoring, you know, it's it's up to 25, and they had reached up to 21, 20 points. And yeah. so they were gradually improving. They're gradually finding, you know, their their niche, finding, you know, what's successful, what isn't. And so I just, you know, I, I kind of compared it to the Thunder, and I was just like, this is pretty cool. It's pretty cool to see it from the bottom being built up. So I'm I'm excited to see, you know, where this leads. You know, you volleyball, you're not going to get any draft picks or anything like that, but <laughs> you just want to hope that the players that are on the team, especially the younger ones, they continue to develop and they continue to get better. There you go. So man. that was my that was my Shay and oh man, uh, Nay. Um, I mean, I guess my my Nay is that. So, a couple, you know, about a week ago, my dog died. Mm. Very sad, very sad time for the family. Um, and then, you know, yesterday we got her, you know, we got her ashes and a little, you know, a very, a very nice box. And we got a, you know, we got a tuft of her hair and her paw print. And it was just, you know, it was just, it was sad, man. It's, you know, that's, that's the homie. The homie was with yeah. us for, for 17 years. So rest in peace, Boomer Pebbles. Sorry to hear that, man. No, thank that, you. That is tough, man. It's best friend. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh well I if I'm gonna go with my my nay for the week you know you guys know this uh as I told you in the text chain <laughs> um at work on my forklift I actually got hit by a drunk driver last week so that was interesting um I was okay she was okay as well nobody else was involved her car oh, was definitely she, not okay she she will not be okay yeah no well actually like. <laughs> Just setting the scene, like whenever she hit the forklift, like she hit the forks of the forklift and I couldn't see if anybody else was in the backseat or anything like that. So I'm thinking, holy crap, I just killed somebody. She turned the forklift all the way to the other side of the road. I parked that thing. I sprinted to this vehicle because like I see it and it's just demolished. Like I sent you the pictures, like you saw the pictures. And I get up there. I see and it was a minivan, her. right? It was a minivan, right? It was like an SUV type yeah, thing. Yeah, SUV minivan, yeah. Yeah, and, you know, I, I couldn't see if anybody was in the backseat or anything like that. But, like, I get up there, and I see nobody's there. It's just her. I'm like, are you okay? She's like, well, no. I'm like, okay, well, obviously. But, like, are you okay? Are you hurt? Do you have injuries? And she's not saying nothing. I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to call the authorities. I'm going to call my boss, and, you know, we're going to get this taken care of. And long story short, you know, my boss gets up there. The authorities get up there. They take both our statements. Um, we've seen more city vehicles approach the scene up by her car. See so her take a sobriety test. See so her take a breathalyzer. See so her get cuffs put on her. And see so her be thrown Ooh. into the into the cop car. So 
yeah, that uh, that was the that was my start. That was the first Monday of 2023, and it's gone downhill since then. Let me tell you that. So, um, but hey, if we're going with a Shay, um, I'm just gonna I'm gonna have to look forward to the future on this one. Uh, January 27th, man, I'll say it till I'm blue in the face. Like it's gonna be an absolute blast um, against the Cavs. Uh, I'm expecting a, a great game. I'm expecting a great turnout. I'm expecting a great time after the game, post-game photos, uh, half-court shots. I'm I'm practicing some half-court shots. Um, <laughs> I, I got to do it uh, not this past Saturday, but the Saturday before that. Uh, I got like four up uh, in between games. Uh, the first two were way off. The other two were like hit back rim. So I just got to get that arc right, and then you know we're we're making we're getting money. So all right, Steph Curry. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm just I, I'm excited. Yeah, you're gonna, to, you, you're gonna mess around and hit hit the shot and not be able to attend the the Thunder game with you know yeah. with your with courtside seats. Yeah, then then I'm just gonna have to do a, a giveaway on the podcast for that <laughs> and not tell the Thunder because they probably Ooh. wouldn't like that. So yeah, they probably wouldn't. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, I mean, obviously, like I'm I'm excited for. I'm excited for the event. I'm excited to meet everybody, uh, whether it's our listeners or, you know, other people in the media as we're, we're doing our media basketball game the day after. Um, and I'm also excited to just meet my brothers, man. Like, you know, I've, I've met you, I've met Jerry, I've, I've met, uh, that's it. Yeah. I've met you and Jerry. Um, but you know, it's for a brief moment. So I'm looking forward to spending time with you guys over the, over the weekend. And, uh, yeah, man, it's, it's going to be an awesome time. Let's make some memories. Hell yeah, man. It'll be the first time I get to see uh, – I get to meet Cone and I get to meet uh, Matty Mould. Yes, sir. Yeah, I, and I, – I still never met Steven. I don't think he exists for real. I think he's actually a Sasquatch living in the north – you know, a northwestern forest. Check but, out. He is tall. Yeah. He is hairy. So <laughs> – but, yeah, man. I mean, it's uh, – what is it? It's January 10th. So, you have 10 days uh, to still get this ticket. It is pinned on our Twitter at OKC Top of Thunder. I'll be posting a – uh, a hype up tweet on my Twitter at Thunder Chats in the next couple of days as well. So, uh, you know, definitely jump on that 83 lower bowl, 16 upper bowl. I mean, that's a great price. It's a crazy price. Um, yeah. And, you know, that includes everything in the post-game festivities, pre-gaming at the parlor. Like, it's it's going to be a great time. You guys want to be a part of it. So, uh, yeah. $16 for the for the, for the Loud City. Like, you can't beat that. Dirt, like bro. no one else, no one, no one else is offering options like that. Like, go get it, guys. Go get it. Go show out. Go cheer for this game. Let's, you know, let's pack the pack the peak. Let's yeah. pack the paycom. The shakeom. The shakeom. Let's go. Yeah, let's manifest a Shea game winner as well. Like if if Shea hits a game winner that night, I might street through the stadium. I'm just saying. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> This will be the first and only annual Thunder Film Night. And, I, and here's the thing. I don't even think it would be you that would do that. It's definitely going to be Jerry. He he will have the liquid courage behind it. So He don't need liquid courage for that. <laughs> That's true. That's true as well. <laughs> It's it's just it's it's a concoction um, you know, that's setting up for failure there. So <laughs> All right, man. I'm rambling, so you know that's that's when we know it's time to end the podcast. So, uh, Alex, thank you for joining me on not your vacation, on your workcation. Um, there you go. Hope uh, hope you get some work done and you have some safe travels back home. Uh, and yeah, that being said, I hope everybody has a great night. God bless. Hoop when you can. And as always, thunder up.
took the thunder Thank you for listening to the Topic Thunder Podcast. Our podcast is available to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Play, or anywhere else you listen to your podcast. Be sure to leave us a five-star rating and a positive review, and follow us on Twitter, at OKC Topic Thunder. Thunder up! Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.